hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. Let us pray. Oh God, we come to you on this fourth Sunday of Advent, knowing that we are close but not there yet. We pray that as we continue through this season, that you allow our hearts to, to rest to allow the busyness and uh, all of the distractions just to fade away so that we can concentrate on the journey to the manger, to prepare our hearts and minds to receive the Christ child so that we can then be Christ to the world. So God, we pray for this morning. And we ask that you let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. You know, uh, one of the things that I've noticed, and and, uh, this happens a lot, you know, sometimes like if you buy a new car and then you realize as you're driving around, a whole bunch of other people have that exact same car that you didn't really notice before, or maybe you buy a certain outfit that you think is unique, and then you go out and you see that other people have that outfit, or, or there, there are things, there are those moments where you think you have something really special, and then you notice that it's really not that special at all. <clears throat> I've noticed that with this being the 200th anniversary of the writing of Silent Night, there has been a lot shared about this amazing hymn. I, I look through my news feeds and, and listen to the radio, and I can hear different stories, and, and, it, and it makes me thankful. It makes me thankful that we have this witness to Christ's birth, this witness, this story that has, has taken on uh, its, its own story. You know, for the writing that we shared about the first Sunday of Advent to, you know, the, the war, uh, World War I Christmas truce that took place where uh, enemies from Britain and enemies from uh, Germany stopped fighting on Christmas and they sang this song together and they spent time remembering the Savior that was born. And I remember other times where uh, this hymn has brought a lot of comfort to people, where this hymn has shared a new light that allows us to really experience what Christmas is all about. And it's very easy with the world that we have now to to advance, to move ahead towards uh, Christmas. And we steamroll past this season of Advent, this, this season of waiting. Advent reminds us that all is not right in the world. And Advent reminds us that, that we all have a need. 
And that need that we have is something that we can't buy. It's not something we can trade for. It's not even something we can create on our own. The need that Advent reminds us of is that we are all in need of a Savior. And that Savior, well, we'll talk more about that Savior tomorrow night. So this morning, we're going to talk about the word that you may have heard our Advent uh, candle, the Schrag family, talk about as they were lighting the Advent candle day. The word was hope. And we're going to go to a, a, a different story, one that you really don't see uh, where hope comes through, but hopefully as we look at the story of the wise men, we can see the hope shining through for us all to grasp as we just are one day away. So I invite you, if you have your Bibles with you, to turn to Matthew chapter 12, and we're going to read verses 1 through 9. Hear the word of the Lord. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in the territory of Judea, during the rule of King Herod, Magi came from the east to Jerusalem. They asked, where is the newborn king of the Jews? We've seen his star in the east, and we've come to honor him. And when King Herod heard this, he was troubled, and everyone in Jerusalem was troubled with him. He gathered all the chief priests and the legal experts and asked them where the Christ was to be born. And they said, In Bethlehem of Judea, for this is what the prophet wrote, You, Bethlehem, land of Judah, by no means are you least among the rulers of Judah, because from you will come one who governs, who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the Magi and found out from them the time when the star had first appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search carefully for the child. When you found him, report to me, so that I too may go and honor him. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You know, when you do a series based on a a hymn, you take a look at the Christmas story in a different light. Normally, this passage is reserved for after the birth of the Christ child because we know that uh, at, even though we have uh, manger scenes where we have the wise men that are already at the manger and you see a cute little baby Jesus uh, in the manger, the wise men didn't come until maybe a couple of years after the Christ child was born. But as we look at this hymn and as we talk about the wondrous star that's shining overhead, we wonder how in the world can we find hope in this passage? You know, I love the tradition that we have in our church of, of lighting this Advent candle to have families gather around to, to share in this particular moment. And I, I understand sometimes when we light the Advent candle, it's something that you can look at and go, okay, well, this is just some of the, one of those special things you do at Advent, and it'll be over with soon, and we can get the real worship started. But this is an important time because this is showing us the gifts that we receive as we wait for the Christ child. 
the gift of, from the first week, we talked about the gift of peace. And then the gift that we receive from joy and the gift last week of love and now the gift of hope. See, as followers of Jesus Christ, we take a look at these gifts and we receive them for ourselves so that we can then take those gifts and share them to the world. Today's word is hope. And I love the word hope. I, I think about a scripture of 1 Corinthians 13, 13, the very last verse of that love chapter where it talks about the greatest things are faith, hope, and love. All three of those things come together so that we can live out fully who Jesus Christ is in our life. See, those three things are, are more importantly, they're, they're called theological virtues. And what that means is that they're virtues about what God gives to us. We look at faith as acting on what we do not know on the basis of what we do know, but you really don't know. Now, that's kind of confusing, isn't it? Faith is, is basing on things that we really don't know, but we do know, but we really don't know. Faith is a, a question, if you will. Faith is the opportunity for us to, to grasp what God has for us and, and to hold on to it. Faith is something that doesn't live in the past, but faith lives right here and right now and helps move us into the future. It is faith that gives us the power to, to live in what God has for us, to live into that love, which is so key throughout all of Scripture. Love gives us the example of what we as followers of Christ are to do. I, I contend that if you look through the entire work of Scripture from Genesis chapter 1 to Revelation 22, you see love written all throughout Scripture for each and every one of us, for us to grasp and to understand who God is, and then we are called to share that love with others. And then that brings us to hope. Hope is a funny word. Hope it can be a popular word that we use, more of a superstitious word if you really think about it. We, we use hope for a whole bunch of things. I know for students, you may think of hope as, man, I hope that I get an A even though I didn't study at all for the test that I just took. Or I know we got the Cowboys kicking off here at noon and other football teams, and we say, man, I really hope my team wins today because it enables them the opportunity to move into the playoffs. But that's not the hope that we receive from Jesus Christ. The hope that we see from Jesus Christ is, is a supernatural hope. It's a hope that allows us to see what may it's a hope that allows us to see that because of my faith, because of, of who God is in my life, I have hope that life will be different. Life will be more uh, livable because of the hope that I have in and through Jesus Christ. See, our hope runs deep. And when we see in our scripture today, we see a type of hope 
that comes from the wise men and the hope and the fear of hope from those who are in authority. Our scripture today tells us that hope guides and leads us. I can't imagine if the uh, wise men who, who looked up and saw the star burning on the east and they just kind of ignored it and went, oh, that's nice. But they had a hope because this wondrous star that shone in the east, it was something that was calling them, it was something that was beckoning them, it was something to let them know that there was something miraculous, something spectacular waiting for them. But we also know that while hope guides us and leads us and calls us forward, hope also challenges those who are in authority. Hope challenges those who have the tendency to oppress others. And we just had a recent election cycle, and I, 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 it amazes me whenever I look at the news uh, cycle and see the story from different sides of the political spectrum, those who supposedly have won, that are so excited that they have this hope that things are going to be different, and those who have lost, they have this fear and dread that all is lost, that, that nothing is going to be fine until they get the power back. I think that's what Herod was dealing with uh, when he heard the news of the star and it knew that, that something different was getting ready to happen with the birth of the Christ child, that the status quo was going to be different and that his reign was going to end because somebody else was now ruling the world. But I have news for Herod and I have news for all of us. They were never in control anyway. It was God having his power be made manifest through this baby that was born in Bethlehem. This is an age-old struggle. It's not something that just comes up today. It's something that has lived on and on and on. This past week, I was doing one of my daily devotionals, and I ran across this story about uh, someone who had a, took a visit to uh, the Bible Museum in Washington, D.C. And as they were going through this museum, they came across a specific Bible called the Slave Bible that was written or put together in the 1800s. And this Bible was used to help uh, make Christians out of the slaves that have come over from Africa. And one of the things that those who put this Bible together, they, they took verses and chapters out of the Bible because they realized that if they left these certain verses in, number one, it would give the slaves hope that there is a different life for them, and it could also cause a chance for rebellion. Now, when you talk about taking different verses and chapters out of the Bible, you go, well, they probably just took a handful of, of chapters out. But the numbers are staggering that in the 18th century uh, Protestant Bible, there were a standard 1,189 
chapters. But in this slave Bible, there is only 232 chapters. Almost a thousand chapters taken out of the good news of Jesus Christ. And in that, 50% of the New Testament is missing, is gone. And 90% of the Old Testament is missing. All of these words that, that we look at, that we have the opportunity to see where, where God continues to promise us hope, to continue to promise to give us peace, that continues to promise that no matter what life circumstances are, that God will always be there for us and help us see a way through. They took those out because they knew it was a way that they can keep power over those that they oppressed. My friends, we have a, a time in our history where it's easy to see where people can use Scripture to oppress others, to use Scripture to say, you know, I am better than you, so you need to do what I do or else you are not right. But what the real message of the Scripture is, is that God's love is always there for us. God's love will always take care of us. God's love, even when time seems at its darkest, God's love will always be there for us. See, the positive news about hope is that hope always overcomes fear. That when we have hope and a God who loves us, who cares for us, and when we have a hope that there is a God who will deliver us from our bondage, we know that we can overcome our fear. Because if people can't access their hope, they live their lives in fear. I think that's one of the reasons why we do what we can to make Christ's kingdom come here on earth now is because we know that as followers of Jesus Christ, we are called to extend hope to others. That's why we go on mission trips. That's why we do special offerings for Royce City ISD or we open up ministries for those who are in need. It's because we know that is because of the love and grace of Jesus Christ, we are agents of hope. And when we give others hope, we lift them up so that they can feel God's love and power in their lives. And we do all of this because of a baby that was born in a manger. And we're going to stop right there and continue the story tomorrow night at 7 and 11. So I hope that you come and are a part of our Christmas Eve services as we together proclaim that the Christ child has come so that we may have life and we may have life abundantly and that we can share that life with others. Let us pray. Oh God, you have given us hope.
you have given us love. You fill us with your joy. And we abound in your peace. So God, we thank you for these gifts. These gifts that we are able to unwrap as we make our way to the manger. So that when we come before the manger and we open our arms to you, we fully receive. Not so that we can close our arms and and keep you to ourselves, but God, so we can do the important work of sharing your love with others. Help us to keep our minds free from all of the clutter that that the next few days will bring, all of the busyness, all of the hurriedness, all of the activities. And let us stop at the manger to receive who you are in our lives. And so, Lord, we lift these prayers to you. In the name of the one who was born in a manger in Bethlehem, Jesus our Lord, Amen.